We can take our Bibles tonight and let's look at Psalm 42. That's where we're going to begin tonight in Psalm 42. All right, Psalm 42, we continue looking at our Psalms of life as we're studying the Psalms of David in relation to what we're looking at in his life. And so the passage of scripture tonight is actually both of these Psalms. I want to look at Psalm 42 as well as Psalm 43. So we'll get our Bibles ready and we'll look at this together. First thing I want to mention to you if you're taking notes or if you're if if you'd like to follow along closely i'm sure everybody would like to follow along closely get as much information as you can out of this right right you ready yes amen amen all right very good that helps me out that's awesome all right so interestingly enough and i think you'll see why as we study this a little bit more but in some of the hebrew manuscripts psalm 42 and Psalm 43 are actually combined as one psalm, one unit together. Um, and so it's possible that this was, that's exactly what this was, a simple, uh, a single psalm. And we have it in these two here. And so you see this psalm is uh, written to the chief musician, Maskil, for the sons of Korah. So this would, would have been a worship song. This was, would have been something that was... Uh, sung in the, the, the sons of Korah were responsible for much of the tabernacle and temple worship. Uh, that's one of the families in the tribe of Levi. And so this song, David would have written it and given it to them uh, to be used in the public and corporate worship of the people of God. And so let's read through it and you'll see why tonight's theme is this. It's a song for troubled souls, a song for troubled souls. And the period of life that this really corresponds to for David is what we saw him enter into this past Sunday. And with all of the fallout in his family, we're going to start looking at the, uh, on this Sunday, we'll look at the, uh, the rebellion of his son Absalom and how this has affected him. So David is going into a time where his soul is troubled. He writes songs like this, and they've become part of the worship of God's people uh, ever since then for thousands of years. It's amazing. So let's read this psalm together and let's begin. Verse number one says this, as the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. Now the heart is what? What are we referring to when we see the heart? It is, yeah, it's H-A-R-T. It's an older word for the deer. And that's where we got that song. That's where that song comes from that we sang tonight. As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after you. That comes right from this psalm, Psalm 42, verse 1 here. So David begins, As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. Let's read verse 2 out loud together. Let's do this. I'll read the odd-numbered verses, and then you join me out loud, read the even-numbered verses. Ready? Begin. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night while they continually say unto me, where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise with the multitude that kept holy day. 
Why art thou cast down, O my soul? I want you to make a note. If you're following this carefully in your Bible, make a note of this phrase in verse number five. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? In me, hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and of the Hermonites from the hill Mizar. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. I, I'm losing you a little bit. Let's try verse eight. Ready? Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night his song shall be with me and my prayer unto the God of my life. I will say unto God, my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Have you noticed there's been a couple of questions in here? We saw a question that David asked himself. We saw a question that, who else asked a question here? Did you pick up on it? Look back. Go ahead. You can, you can look back at your Bibles. You can, you can see it. It's good to kind of make a couple notes as we go through it quickly. We'll go through it once kind of quickly like this. And then there's a series of questions that we've been going on here in these verses. The, uh, we saw a question earlier from who? Who are the people asking questions here? Who are some people asking questions in the Psalms, in this Psalm? Somebody have their hand up? Just look for the question marks, everybody. Look for it. They, they go like this. They go whoop, down in a dot underneath. Find a question mark. Yeah. Little Seth, you got it. All right. That's exactly how it goes. You find the question mark. You work your way back. In fact, oh, we got a question mark right here. So who's asking this question? Who's asking the question? David's asking the question. And who's he directing the question to? David is asking the question to who? Who is he speaking to? Who is he asking this question to when he says, why have you forgotten me? Who is it? Yeah, he's asking God. Let's go back a little bit. Um, so I want you to see this. Where else is there? Somebody find another question mark for me. Where's there another question mark? All right. Verse three. All right. Verse number three. My tears have been my meat day and night while they continually say unto me, where is thy God? Who's asking the question here? Who? The multitude, these would be the enemies of David, the people that are the scoffers. They're asking him, they're asking, they're, they're questioning. So they're asking a question of David. A lot of questions here. Let's see one of the kids, because we've got the kids in here tonight. Somebody find me another, work your way through it, guys. Look in your Bibles. Find the next question mark. Where is it? We're on a question mark hunt. We saw verse 3. We saw verse 5. Where is another one? Oh, verse number 10. Verse number 10, as, oh, as with a sword in my bones, my enemies reproach me while they say daily unto me, where is thy God? Th what, is, what is interesting about this question? Yeah? Yeah, it's the same question. The same question from who? The opposition, the enemies, right? Okay. Um, oh, we, we kind of went quickly over number five. There's a question in verse number five. Who is, who is asking the question here? Why art thou cast down on my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Who's asking the question? Who's the, who's the one asking it? David asking. 
Who's he talking to now? Huh? Uh, in this one, I heard somebody else say it. Who's he talking to in this one? He's talking to himself. So we've got all these other people asking David questions. We've got uh, David asking questions of himself. We've got David asking questions of God. And where was the next one somebody said? Verse number 10. Yeah, that, that was it. Okay, that was another question right there. Um, what's that? Number nine. Yeah, we looked at that one. Verse 2, did we miss a question in verse 2? Wow, we missed the very first one. This, see, this is good. This is another question. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Lots of questions. All right, let's pick it up now. The last verse that we read together was verse number 9, I think. I will say unto God, my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Let's read out loud now verse 10. Ready? As with a sword in my bones, my enemies reproach me while they say daily unto me. Now I want you to say it like you're the person asking the question. What kind of person would be asking this question? A what? A jerk? Is that what you said? <laughs> okay. An unbeliever? A doubter? So, how are they going to ask it? Go ahead, everybody. Whoa, what an angry sounding group that is. Where is your God? Where is thy God now? All right, verse number 11. <gasps> repeat question. Another repeat question. David, why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? But now, notice he answers his question. And he says to himself, Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. And then, that's the end of the psalm. But, but, what's that, Donna? What? Huh? Anybody else in 12 and 13? No, there's no, we're at Psalm 42. There should be just, Psalm, just ends at verse 11, I think. Now look at Psalm 43, though, because now you're going to see how sometimes these are linked together. Judge me, O God, and please my cause against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man. See, there's the theme. There's the people questioning him, challenging his faith, coming up against him. Now, let's read verse 2 together. Ready? For thou art the God of my strength. Why dost thou cast me off? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Oh, send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. Together, then will I go unto the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O God, my God. And now verse number five. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? How many times have we seen this question so far? Huh? Yeah, three times. Between the two Psalms, we've seen this. This is the third time. But the last two times he says it, he ends hopefully. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God. Hope in God. For I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. 
That's the exact, it reads exactly like verse 11. If you look at verse 11 of chapter 42, and you look at verse 5 of chapter 43, you've got this double refrain that ends with the question of doubt. It begins with a question of doubt and ends with a statement of great hope. But let me ask you this. As we've kind of gone through this quickly, now we'll take a few minutes to kind of point out some things a little bit more carefully. What would you say is David's state of mind coming into this? We see here what his state of mind is coming out, right? We see him here hopeful with a healthy countenance. But what is David's state of mind coming into this? What's that? He's broken. How else would you describe him? David's state of mind. Broken. Look at the look at the statement here. He feels forgotten. Yeah. He said that a couple of times. How else would you describe him? Empty. Absolutely. What else? Discouraged, maybe depressed, struggling. Look at the words in the verse. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? He's speaking to his soul. He's speaking to his, his inner, the innermost part of who he is, his identity, his, his sense of self, his spiritual condition. And he says, I just feel like I'm not up here, but I've just been thrown down. He's, I'd say he feels low. He feels low. But then what is this next one? Why art thou disquieted within me? What do you think he means about his soul is disquieted? What, what do you think that means? Or what is the idea there? Huh? What did you say? He, he can't hear? Um, I think that's, that's happening. He, he, can't, he certainly can't hear the voice of the Lord right now. The idea of disquieted, though, like, it's the idea of a soul that's not quiet. It's been disquieted or disturbed or troubled. What's that? I can't, I got, I don't, I'm having a hard time hearing everybody tonight. So, go ahead, bud. What were you saying? Like he's shaken? I think you're right. Yeah. Shaken by fear or something like that. Absolutely. He's got this idea that his soul was calm. He was at peace, but he's just troubled. He's troubled. There's, it's like there's a noise and you've been in a crowded place and you just can't focus. And they're just surrounded by all this noise. All this spiritual noise is in his life. It's in his heart. So he's having a hard time hearing the voice of the Lord. He's having a hard time seeing what step to take because there's just no peace. When he says, why art thou cast down? He's, and then it says, oh, my soul. He's speaking to his soul. So it's tricky in this. You got to pay attention because sometimes he's speaking. That's why we went through that at the beginning, because sometimes he's speaking to the Lord. Sometimes he's speaking to himself. And then sometimes there's other people speaking. So that's a good question. Keep us focused. So, yeah, you're right. Here, he's speaking to himself. He's speaking to his soul. And he's saying, soul, why are you so, why are you so um, cast down? Why are you so troubled? And he's going to say, you need to hope in God. He's going to preach a little message to himself. He's going to encourage himself in the Lord. 
But before he gets there, he's got a troubled soul. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this question. We get a little, a couple maybe minutes of discussion on this. How would you describe, and we just, we just identified this, but how would you describe a person or what it is like for a person who has, what is, what is it, a troubled soul? How would you describe that? Okay, so he, he would, a person who just wouldn't know what step to take next. I mean, I think all of us, how many of you have ever been there where you'd say, yeah, there have been times where it's like my soul is just troubled. What is that experience like? like? What is David going through right now other than that? We'll get a few more answers in here, then I'll come back to you. Yeah? So what goes on in a person's life when this is happening? <laughs> yeah. So the mind starts going different directions. Deborah, what are you going to say? He's feeling anxious, doesn't know why. You know, if you've ever been there, you get... I, I'm just thinking the symptoms of a person of a troubled soul, right? Irritable. People come and you just don't have... You can't focus on your relationships. They suffer. Maybe your sleep is suffering, right? There have been a couple of times in that where I, you just don't get a lot of sleep. You don't get a lot of rest. Not thinking clearly. Anything else? Descri describe the situation. Yeah, there's actually, he does. He does feel physically ill when you read through this. It's affected him that way. He's just troubled. I mean, it's just the, the, the cares, the pressure of the situation, everything is on him. And that's why... He's longing. Look at what he does. But he does know enough. Now, this is great because he knows enough to know where he needs to turn in those moments. And there's no escape in life from the troublesome times, right? There's no escape from times of trouble. No matter what, there's always these times are going to come. David goes through them at, at different moments in his life. But the difference here is he knows where to go when he faces those times of trouble, right? He knows what to do. He knows how to behave. And he makes the choice to do that in that time. He doesn't seek out the help of other people. He doesn't turn to uh, some diversion or some distraction. He says this. He says, "What I, I know what I need. And you look at the beginning of the psalm. And when David says, when he knows what he needs, what is it that he needs? Who is it? It's the Lord. He says, God, in this moment, I desperately need you. And the Lord allows us to go through those moments in order, in order to bring up that, that desire and that need for him. The Lord, I need you. He says, just like a, just like a thirsty deer who's been hunted and <clears throat> hunted and chased is just panting for the water and comes to the fountain of water and just laps up the, that refreshing, cool stream. He says, God, that's what I'm looking for. I haven't found it, but I'm, I'm seeking after you. He says, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsting for you. When? When will I appear before you? Now, here's what's amazing. Let me ask you a question. When David prayed this prayer, he asked this question, when shall I come and appear before God? When do you think it happened? Because here he is, 
in desperation. He's in desperation. He's like, I'm so thirsty to know you, God. I'm so thirsty to experience you. I'm thirsty to be before you. So at that moment, he felt far, far away from God. When do you think this happened? When he asked the question, what are you going to say? When he died? Okay. That when shall I come and appear before God? This could be a reference to that. I don't really think it is because I want you to notice what, what happens next. He says, my tears have been my meat day and night while they continually say unto me, where is thy God? But now look what he talks about. When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude with them to the house of God, with the voice of joy and praise, with a multitude, with a multitude that kept holy day. When he talks about verse number four, what is he describing in verse number four? Okay, there's there's a little. Yep, there's a little bit more specific to it, though. You're right. What? Yeah, this is him. He's remembering the times when he would go before the temple. And I think what's happening in these verses is David is feeling David is feeling alone. David is feeling as if God doesn't hear him. And when he says, when will I appear before you? I think he's looking toward this experience that he speaks about. He says that there was I remember. In other words, I remember when I did appear before you. I remember when I did go with the whole group, the whole group of us, the multitude would go and there would be the songs and the praise and we would come together and joyfully worship in your presence. And his heart is he's missing that he could have written this while he was running from Absalom. We don't know exactly, but he's not able to appear before God in the temple and experience that worship. But then in verse number five. He says, but wait a minute, why art thou cast down on my soul and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. So I got to ask again, when he said back in verse number two, when shall I come and appear before God? And now he says here in verse number five that I, I can hope in God. I've just got this little theory here, this little idea that in the moment as David starts his prayer, He's thirsting for God. And he says, God, when am I going to appear before you? I kind of think that prayer was answered immediately. Not in the way that David expected. He's thinking, when am I going to appear before you in worship? But I think he had an experience of worship right here in this passage. I think God's answering him in verse number five. And he's realizing, wait a minute, though, though I may not be appearing before God in the temple, Though I may not, because you've got, you got to remember, this is all, this is emotion. This is David's emotion being poured out. And we're seeing it go, I think, through a sequence where he's just, in one second, he's just, oh, God, oh, I'm so alone. And now, once, as soon as he cries, that it, does, let me ask you this. Does God, God says, seek for me, and you'll what? You'll find him if you seek for him with your whole heart. God is not, God is not in the business of not being found. God is not in the business of avoiding his people. The Lord is near unto all them that call upon him. And, and so David feels that God is not there. As soon as he expresses that to the Lord, I believe that he's now experiencing the presence of God coming in that assurance. 
His presence, his presence is there. Right. Exactly. Jim, what are you going to say? Yeah. And there's a time when the Exactly. Exactly, and I think that's what we see in this passage, that David is, at the beginning, he hasn't turned to the Lord. He's just become overwhelmed by the troubledness in his soul, and he comes to that realization, and that's why verse 5 describes it. That's why I think verse 5 is repeated three times, because verse 5 is the moment of transformation, where he's cried out to the Lord, and he's changed. He's, he's converted in one sense, not converted as in salvation, but he goes from his state of whether it's backslidden or discouragement or doubt, and he all of a sudden realizes, wait a minute, just why, just what in the world are you so upset about? You have the Lord. You have God. You don't need to be, you may be experiencing this, but you don't need to. Why? Because you can hope in God. And like Victor said, sometimes as soon as the, always, as soon as the praise begins to flow out of our mouth, the presence of God ushers back into our lives. That's why we are to even singing. We sing in the Spirit. We're, we're to speak to ourselves. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? The, that New Testament passage, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. What is David doing right now? He, yeah, he's speaking to himself with a song. We, we can do the same. We can do the same. So he gives this here. He says, I'm going to praise him for the help of his countenance. My God, my soul is cast down within me, but I'll remember thee from the land of Jordan and the Hermonites from the hill Mizar. This kind of talks about that whole idea. Where would David like to be worshiping God? Where would he, if he had his druthers, as they say, where would David prefer to be worshiping God? In the temple with all the saints. But where is he worshiping God? In the land of Jordan, among the Hermonites, and from the hill Mizar. Like these aren't the places of worship. This is a place where he's an outcast. This is a place where he's been he's been separated. But in these places, he says, you know what? I don't have my circumstances, my circumstances don't have to be just exactly how I think they ought to be. I don't have to go into the temple. I can the praises of God can flow from my lips right here, wherever I am in whatever situation I'm in. Isn't that awesome? Now, I would, I would, I'm with David. I want to worship God in the assembly, right? I want to worship God with his people. I want to come together and gather. But there are times where we feel alone or where circumstances have us separated and, and outcast. And David says, you know what? I don't need to let this discourage me. I'm going to praise God from wherever I am. 
And he tells us a little bit more what he's going through. Look at this. Deep calleth unto deep. Now, when we talk about deep, what are we referring to? We're referring to what? Go ahead, say it. Some of you. Yeah, water. It's the idea of the deep, deep, deep waters. Usually, interestingly enough, usually in the Bible, when you see references to the sea and the waters, it's almost always negative. It's almost always a bad thing. The waters is figurative in the Bible. Like we think of a holiday at the sea, right? That was not really, people didn't have warm thoughts about the ocean or the seas. Why do you think that would be? Yeah, they saw it as a dangerous force. More simply, yep. They didn't have good beaches. I don't know about, I don't know if that's it. Oh, they didn't have good beaches. Maybe. You might be right, Lane. Yep. Yeah, because lots of people died out there in the water. Let's just keep it pretty simple. I mean, if you went out to sea, there's a good chance you weren't coming back. I mean, you think about how dangerous the sea is now when we have modern equipment to know where we are. The Bible, like all the ancient people, there's a great fear of the sea and shipwreck and storm and danger. And he's like, and David's like, I was in a deep place. But it was like, you know, it got deeper and deeper at the noise of the, thy waterspouts, all thy waves and thy billows had gone over me. It's like, imagine this, wave after wave after wave. We even use this terminology today when we find ourselves in a really difficult situation. I felt like I was, I heard it. Yeah, I felt like I was drowning. I couldn't, I couldn't keep my head above water, or I was just treading water. We use all those same expressions. This is what David's saying. He's like, man, it was just one thing after another, after another. What were you going to say? Oh, yeah, exactly. You're right. So now think about that wave after wave of trouble, wave after wave of trouble, difficulty after the wave just keep crashing and crashing. But now look at the contrast in verse number eight. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and in the night his songs shall be with me and my prayer unto the God of my life. What a beautiful verse, right? And, and look at this wave after wave, day night, my life. If I could put it this way, he's in waves of trouble, but there's waves of grace. God gives him grace in the daytime. God gives him grace in the night. The song is with him. He says, God, I'm realizing right now, before I was just focused on how much trouble I was in. Before I was just focused on how difficult the situation was in. But what I failed to realize was that for every difficult situation, God had given me enough grace. God had given me enough loving kindness. God had heard my prayers. Isn't that interesting? When we think about that, there's two ways of looking about the waves of trouble that crash upon us. The one way is, wow, what? I can't believe I've had to deal with all of this. Or we can say, God, you've given me grace for all of this. It never runs out. 
You see how he's just setting his soul? The whole purpose of this song is just to, for him to take a quiet and troubled soul and let the Holy Spirit calm it down and speak to him. I will say unto God, my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? He's going back again. This is, this is poetic. We've already dealt with this. You're like, well, why is he bringing it back up again? He just wants to explain his experience one more time. And so he reminds us again, I had this question. I felt forgotten. I was being oppressed by the enemy. It was like there was a sword in my bones. I was, my enemies were approaching me. Other people were coming up to me. You, you know that? This is, this is a perfect picture of a believer who's going through a time of trouble and people look at them and they say, I thought you, I thought God was going to help you. Where's your God now? And I don't know if David answered them or not. I don't think he needed to because he knew God was with him. He's getting this opposition, but he didn't focus on that. He focused on the Lord. Interesting, there's so many pictures of in the Psalms. There's so many pictures of Jesus. This just reminds me of the questions that they asked Jesus on the cross, right? If you're, if you're God, you know, why, why don't you? If you're the son of God, why don't you come down from there? The same voice of accusation and criticism. But then David goes back to the same question. He says, doesn't matter what anybody says. Why art thou cast down? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God. Praise God, who is the health of my countenance. He's even, he's even physically and emotionally restored by worshiping and praising the Lord. And then we looked at the 43rd Psalm. He says, God, judge me, plead my cause against an ungodly nation. Deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man. Thou art the God of my strength. Why dost thou cast me off? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? So now we're in the third verse, basically. Think of this Psalm as a series. Of, it's a song with a series of verses. And what is the chorus each time? See if you pick it up. We've got three verses and the chorus three times. What's the chorus of the song? Oh, come on now. Can you pick up the, the structure here? Choruses are usually, you know, you've got a verse and then the chorus is repeated. You've got a verse. Think of this like a song. You've got a verse and the chorus has been, what has been the chorus? What has been the refrain of this? Go ahead, good and loud. That's right. He said, he, the first thing he does is he says, this is what I'm going through. This is what I went through. And then I realized, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Hope in God. And then he says, it was like I was under the waves, but God's grace was there. And so I said, why are you cast down, soul? And now the third verse, he's like, man, up my, my, he said, in this verse, there's ungodly nation and deceitful and unjust men but you're the God of my strength, but you've cast me off. And then he asked this. This is interesting. He says, oh God, send out thy light and thy truth. He says, just show, give me some direction. I'm looking for guidance. I need to know what way to go. Give me your spirit. Give me your word. The idea of light, I would say, is uh, the idea of the Holy Spirit illuminating. And the truth would be the word of God making a, a plain path. Let them lead me and bring me into thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles, then, this idea, he wants to worship, 
Then will I go to the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O God, my God. And he finishes with this mighty chorus. Do it with me together. Ready? Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Ready? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. The song for troubled souls finishes with that chorus. I don't need to be cast down. I don't need to be troubled because there is hope in God. Amen. Let's close with prayer tonight. Lord, we thank you so much for the time that we've had to study your word. God, I pray that you would just speak to each heart. Help us all to, um, in our good times and our bad times, to run to you for our strength. And we thank you, Lord, that when we turn to you, as soon as we turn to you, your presence is there. So we thank you now for this time in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. We are so glad that you've taken the time to join us today. If you've been blessed by the message, if you have placed your faith in Jesus today, we want to hear from you. Maybe you still have questions about what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Please let us know, and we would love to answer those questions from the Bible. We would also be happy to provide you with the Bible and other free Christian resources to help you grow in your faith. You can email us at info at mountgraylockbaptist.com or send us a message on Facebook. You can also call us at 413-662-2107. We would love to hear from you, and our desire is to be a blessing to you in any way that we can. God bless.